raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Trump opens up a big lead on Ron DeSantis, including in his home state. What do we make of that? Let's find out. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rad. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein. Easy enough for me. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Kevin's here as well. All right. So there's some new polling out in Brad. Um, We all, we were always very clear to say polling is for, at this, especially this point in the game, entertainment purposes only and but a snapshot of a moment in time. It is. Now, are you okay over there? Should I just take it from here? Do you need a break? (laughs) Very hard. (laughs) Very hard to be me sometimes. (laughs) By the way, you have not commented on my ISTA koozie Well, I love that. Um, Brad's uh, wife is a teacher, and um, she's a very wonderful, lovely lady. And in honor of that, Brad uh, brings his ISTA uh, koozie, though it is not the State Teachers Association, because he knows what that would do to me. It is the Seed, seed, tra- seed Trade, trade Association. <laughs> Which you can, right, if you hold that up there, people will be able to see that on the uh, YouTube. Don't, just a reminder, you can watch us on the YouTube uh, chat. just Or uh, YouTube. You can watch us on YouTube. Just put Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar, and you can chat as a part of the YouTube uh, viewing experience. Did I get all that? You did. I think it's I magic. all the boxes. All right. So let's talk about this polling that's out. And it, what's really interesting here is that Trump is now ahead of Ron DeSantis in Florida. And this is Victory Insight, who did the polling. And Trump is ahead by De- of DeSantis by basically eight points, 42.9 to 34.8. I got to say that is intriguing to me. Because, yes, of course, Trump is going to get a bump because of what he's going through, especially amongst Republican primary voters. However, Ron DeSantis is a very popular governor, clearly based on his reelection, and is very, very, very well liked amongst the Republican base. And yet Trump, according to this poll asserting some dominance over the popular home state governor. Rob, let's have a very honest conversation. Yes, here. let's do it. Just you so, and me, Brad. Just, just it's just two two fellas talking over a diet Dr Pepper. Yeah. So, I think we all know Donald Trump is a very controversial figure who has long the ship has long since sailed on his ability to bring the nation together. And even back in 2016, when he initially got the nomination. He rarely was getting a majority of even Republican voters in the the state primaries. Yeah, and I think it is setting up to see to possibly have the same thing happen this year, where he might win the nomination on a plurality of Republican voters, but there is zero chance that he is ever going to win in the general election. So. Now, say that again, Brad, because when I say that, people get very angry at me, and you're saying the same thing that I'm... Now, you're so, you're saying zero. I don't think there's zero, but okay, you, you're... Is, you're, you're say, say that out loud again, and then I'll allow the hate mail to come to you this time, because okay. we believe basically the same I, thing. I will say this again. 
Trump is not even supported by a majority of Republican voters, and he has very little chance of grabbing any other independents or non-Republicans. So he might get the nomination with a plurality of the Republican vote. However, I say zero. You say there's a 1% chance. You're saying there's a chance. Uh, look, I, I, I think <laughs> that, that he anything, could get elected. Anything can happen, no and and you know whatever it's going to be now, however many months that is, twenty months or whatever, is a lifetime in politics. And Trump, unlike maybe any other figure in modern American history, does his absolute best work when his back is up against the wall and everybody counts him out. However, right, and I'm glad you said it because you have no, you're a libertarian. I, I have no skin in the game on this one. Donald Trump alienates needlessly so many people that it is very hard and you and i'm sure brad you and i agree on this so people who vote based on their feels about what some guy does on twitter is ridiculous can we agree on that i would agree that is completely ridiculous because what some guy does on twitter has no impact on your life but as the last election showed us people will vote for someone who will destroy their actual life because their feels are upset over some guy's thumbs on social media Correct. So you can, and people get very mad in our YouTube chat, and and I know many other people get very mad. You can ex- you can deny that and put your fingers in yours and go, nah. And Trump, you can watch Trump lose again, or you can open your eyes and go, yeah, that's stupid that people vote that way, but their vote counts the same way yours does. It does. So, and one of the problems we have, leadership is in short supply. And when I say leadership, a good leader is somebody who can listen to all sides build a coalition and say this is our path forward now let's go certainly donald trump does not have the, that ability and i, th- I honestly thought in, in 2016 2017 he might have a chance to bring people together but then he started flaming at his own people and it's like all right you can't even keep those behind you um certainly joe biden does not have that ability he he Almost every statement he talks about or he begins with is Republicans this and Republicans that. It's like you're not going to bring people in and have them coalesce around you if you're trying to divide all the time. And again, I think you're an interesting person to ask to this because I don't think you're voting for either DeSantis or Trump. But I think DeSantis does have that ability. Now, look, there's always going to be 30 percent of the country or 35 or whatever. We're so polarized now is going to hate you. That doesn't matter. But I think reasonable, rational people look at Ron DeSantis and say, do we agree with every culture war he leans into? No. But has he done a really good job running the state that he is in charge of? Yes. And does he look the part out of like we never talk about Ron DeSantis's Twitter. No. Have you not? Like, there's never a conversation. You never talk about some interview Ron DeSantis gave, or you, you would get this all the time with Trump, where he would give an interview with, you know, Pierce Morgan or Bob Woodward or, you know, New York Times or whoever, and you would see the interview or read the transcript and you go, oh my gosh, tomorrow's going to be so exhausting because I'm going to have to figure out a way to make sense out of this or defend this. You never have to do that with Ron DeSantis. No, and this is why Mitch Daniels would have been a great choice. And I, I he's said that he's not going to do it. He is a fantastic administrator. He is a uniter. And he says, why should we deal with the controversial social issues when we have other economic issues to deal with first? Here's what's also interesting about this poll. Now, this is a Singal poll. Signal. Signal. C-Y-N-C-Y-G-N-A-L. Um, 
Trump is leading in Iowa over DeSantis. And just very recently, DeSantis was ahead. Again, these polls don't count. They don't mean anything. They're just for entertainment. But you see a trend here, which is Trump clearly got a bump over his indictment. There's no right. doubt. That is what you look for polls for right now is if you're seeing things over and over and over again, okay, that's a trend. And even in Iowa, where DeSantis was, I wouldn't say way ahead, but he was certainly easily ahead of Trump. Trump is now ahead, according to this poll, 37% to 30%. Now, if I were Ron DeSantis, and Brad, you have run for public statewide office before. You were a lieutenant governor nominee, so you know how this works. Sometimes you just got to, much like John Rahm at the Masters this past weekend, you got to just plot along, right? Right, you exactly. Just, so, you, sometimes you're just hoping to make par. Yep. You, 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 there is a moment of go, and, and for John Rahm, it was about on hole seven or eight at Augusta on Sunday in the final round where he put the pedal to the metal and the tournament was over within three or four holes. The rest of the time, he was down three shots, he was down two shots, he was down four shots. That's kind of Ron DeSantis right now, right? Like, his introduction isn't going to be Trump blew it on COVID. You know, you're not going to do that yet. It's going to be introduction. Here I am. Here's my $100 million to tell our story, to tell the story of Florida. You're going to pick little people off here and there. Hey, this guy kind of looks like the party kind of. He's got the beautiful wife and the great kids, and he's not as exhausting as Trump. And then at some point, and I don't know whether that's, you know, September, October of this year, because primary voting starts in January, He's going to hit go like John Rahm hit go at the Masters. Yep. And he's going to unleash all the stuff about Trump's record during COVID, about the masking, about the, the printing of the money, about promoting Fauci, about promoting lockdowns. And that's when we're going to see who's going to win the tournament. Right. Because you could peak too early. And right now is too early. And I, I think that that nomination is going to go to somebody who probably doesn't even really get into it officially until Christmas of yeah. this year. Right. And... Now, have you ever been to Iowa or been to one of the caucus states? I've been through Iowa. I went to uh, Salt Lake City, Utah one time, and I went to oh, I went through Iowa. That's the only time I've been to okay. Iowa. I, I want to go sometime and just witness these caucuses. Yeah. So instead of going and casting a ballot like we do here in the primary, they actually show up and they're in a room mm-hmm. and they're talking. And especially the Iowa Democratic Caucus, they like go to corners mm-hmm. of rooms based on who you're supporting so you can see everybody in your community. There is no private vote. Now, here's the real, really wild thing. I know they've kind of made some changes to Iowa after the debacle for the Democrats last time, but in in these caucuses are so stupid because Brad and I'm not I'm not saying this to toot your own horn. You're a very likable person. Well, thank you. And in an Iowa in a caucus, literally, it may not be if somebody likes the candidate best, but who has the most likable representative in that caucus room? Wow, I really liked Brad, and while you know, I you know maybe uh, DeSantis isn't my first choice. Brad's the DeSantis rep, and he's super cool, and I like him. Versus that Trump guy who's an a hole. Okay, I'll go over here after my guy's out. That's a terrible way to pick oh, a president. Proxy, proxies mean so much. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. You you want to get a yeah get a bunch of models that are well spoken <laughs> and can go in there. And say, you know, if you vote for my guy, all your kids are gonna look like me. <laughs> Hey, uh, this may shock you, but uh, the poll is out, and Trump is taking a little bit of a victory lap on social media over the, those poll results. Well, I'm, I'm sure Doesn't he that surprise would you. He's a very it modest does, person. No, I, he's not just humble and about this and yeah. say, "Well, you know, the people want me back." Yeah. Well, so here's what we do on the show, Brad. As you're well aware, that when we read Trump's thoughts on social media, we play Whitney Houston. Are we going to cue the music? We're going to get a, a dramatic reading for those of you new to the show. Uh, Brad, Brad will know this. Kevin will know this. You may not. The president once told me I was terrific. Were you aware of this? I, I've 
I've heard that. And that was a great maybe. dream. And that he wished every interview could be just like mine when I interviewed him. And so as a payback for that all these years, we've played Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You in the background. And then I read the the tweet or the truth or whatever we call these now as though how I pictured it in Trump's head, the voice in Trump's head as he was typing out the truth or the, the, truth or the tweet or whatever it so, is. So let me guess. So the, the Whitney Houston music is button number one for Kevin. Yes. And then Speed Trump's dial. comments about you are button number yes, two absolutely. so that they're at the ready at all absolutely. times. Absolutely. Kev, are you ready? Let's go. And I Rotten Descent, this is a young man. Who is not doing well against me in the polls? To put it mildly, I believe that if he decides to run for president, which will only hurt and somewhat divide the Republican Party, he will lose the cherished and massive mega vote and never be able to successfully run for office again if he remains governor. Which is what Florida voters assumed it would be a whole different story. Just saying. But who knows? He's so ridiculous. <laughs> but, but what do I know about this? I love that he thought everyone who voted for Ron DeSantis for re-election had no idea he might run for president. No, no, that, they were shocked. <laughs> shocked to hear that that was in the cards. All right, Brad Kloppenstein's in for Casey. Let's take a break. When we come back, the uh, Bud Light sales. Brad, you are the residential beer expert, alcohol expert on WIBC. Before we come back. Uh, Bud Light sales, they're plunging, and one Anheuser-Busch merchandiser tells us just how bad things are getting. We'll play that when we come back. Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey today. Kev's here. Little deep cut Rick Springfield there to start the segment. Rock it out to the 80s. Kev loves Rick Springfield. That's one of his all-time favorite artists, and I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I've seen him twice in concert. (laughs) So, uh... You've seen them both, huh? Somebody who's doing well (laughs) is Rick Springfield's... Somebody who's doing poorly is Bud Light, uh, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. Man, they are in big trouble, Brad. And you are, what were you? You were some booze guru for years, I, weren't you? I worked for Monarch Beverage, now Monarch Distributing. 
that's out there on Pendleton Pike. I worked there in the 90s, so I sold beer, and now I have my own beer brand. Yeah, tell everybody about that, Alps by the way. Alpsbrow Beer. And you're doing very well with the Alpsbrow Beer. keep selling out, so I'd say that's pretty good. That's excellent. So, yeah, I mean, you, much of your life has been dedicated to booze. Yeah. You sold booze as a young man. You've been a bartender. You've been a bar owner. Weren't you an executive of some sort? I, I'm still president of the Indiana Licensed Beverage Association. I mean, so you're, you are the perfect guy to have this conversation with. That marketing plan by Bud Light to put that man, Dylan Mulvaney, who is pretending to be a woman. And I don't I, I, to me, Brad, I don't know about you. The Dylan Mulvaney thing to me is very disturbing because he seems to me like he always has a half grin on his face and he is laughing all the way to the bank. And he can't believe how stupid these businesses and Hollywood people are that they're buying his act. He is like an unfunny Andy Kaufman to me. I had never heard this dude's name until all this came down so i forgive me i'm somewhat unfamiliar with the man although suddenly he's ever present the last week there's nothing to be familiar (laughs) with he's a man who dresses up as a woman and a bunch of corporations and hollywood people have decided he is the celeb du jour that the the hill that they're willing to die on and it is unbelievable to me especially the fact that bud light now brad i would assume and you are the booze expert that the target demo of Bud Light is men, right? Yes. Men 21 to 35 is the target demo that they're going for. And why you would think that men 21 to 35 would want a dude who pretends to be a chick as their spokesperson and someone that men 21 to 35 would want to associate with or be a part of or engage... That is that is absolutely just total malfeasance by Anheuser-Busch. Now, I, I will say it is not unusual for large beer companies and, and even, other, even other corporations to have specific packaging for specific marketing and events. So, like, they'll come out with the rainbow can when it's Pride Month, or they will have, you know, like in some markets... But you're not running ads. No, like, you're it not, is against your target I, demo. I'm, I'm very surprised that Anheuser-Busch put so much behind this one individual, just given that... Typically, you float this out. You at least ask a few people, hey, what do you think about this? And, and it's one thing to want to open up some other markets, but you never do it at the expense of your core market. Yeah, and it's a, if you wanted to do a man becoming a woman or pretending to be a woman or however you want to word it, at least pick someone who might have some identifiability like, like Caitlyn Jenner. Who was a tremendous male athlete and who would have some humor in it and people recognize and could make it funny. It's just unbelievable. Is Anheuser-Busch, that that has to be a publicly traded company, isn't it? Yeah, they're part of InBev, which is a worldwide company. They're based out of Belgium now, I think. So if you are a stockholder, which I don't know, maybe you are. you I'm not. (laughs) I'm very surprised by that. You've got to be livid. That these people allowed their politics and their wokeness to, because it's it's uh it's got to be billions of dollars now in lost sales or close to it. I I don't know about billions, but I would say millions. It was just, in the hundreds of millions earlier this week. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, it, even when we're talking off air, it, even if this is a short term blip where traditional Bud Light drinkers will drink something else for the next few weeks. Even if they come back to Bud Light, that'll end up being a 10% decline or more. Actually, they were declining at 10% a year before this. This is going to really probably ramp that up. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, my understanding is they basically fired that whole marketing team. Other than the woman who made the decision. Yeah, which is, that that's coming. So, the, uh, <laughs> the, so we're running a little long here. I know we got to get to the news, but there's a merchandiser who has gone viral. Now, Brad, would you like to tell us what a merchandiser is in the beer industry? So a merchandiser is the person that stocks shelves, puts up decorations and yeah. bars, makes it eye-catching so that you'll hopefully buy that product. Yeah, um... I, I dated a person years ago who did this, and it's a really important job. Like, it is. That's their, it's a very hard job. It, it is not easy to do, and it actually does have a profound impact on how much of this stuff gets sold, how it uh, the visual appeal of it. So this guy uh, has gone viral because he's a he's a Bud Light, Anheuser Busch merchandiser, and he is talking about how stupid this decision was, and how much money it's costing this company, and how much money it's costing him. Um. <clears throat> I work for an affiliate company. I am a merchandiser, and the sole product of the company I work for is Anheuser-Busch products. So with all this canceling going on, um, there's, I mean, I've never seen such little sales in this past few days uh, on these products. And it's, it's sad because people don't buy this beer I don't make money and I can't feed my family so it's kind of uh, heartbreaking I guess that um, Anheuser-Busch did what they did they don't know their clientele so it's uh, kind of heartbreaking thanks Anheuser-Busch I may not be able to feed my family coming up here soon that sucks. It does. Now, and I will say what he's saying is right. So in the beer industry, Anheuser-Busch typically has had smaller family-owned distributorships. So whereas Miller & Coors are distributed by basically four distributors around the state of Indiana, there's like 20 Anheuser-Busch distributors. And the Anheuser-Busch has been very reluctant to allow their distributors to bring in craft beers and other brands. Yeah. So if you're an Anheuser-Busch distributor, oftentimes all you have is Anheuser-Busch brands. So if one of their brands, in this case, the number one brand that they have takes a significant hit, that hurts the whole company. All right, voicemails. When we come back, Brad Klappenstein in, to, in for Casey. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just Oh, yeah, it is the Kindle and Casey show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein's in for I'm Casey today. Would you like to give your little hashtag out there? Hashtag why I love Lawrence. You are the, uh, the uh, what are you, the director? Is that I am you president of the Greater Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. And look at you. Look at how the heights that has taken you to. Now it, you're here with me. I know. I'm sitting in with you. So, yeah, come on out to Lawrence and spend your money. <laughs> And while you're doing that, make sure you keep listening to this radio show. And one of the things we do is we do uh, give out the uh, voicemail number, and you can call, and you can leave your messages, and you can reach the voicemail number at 317-684-8444. That's 317-684-8444. Just a reminder, I am the one who decides the voicemails we use. So if you desire to get on the air, you are appealing to an audience. Are, are these all complimentary voicemails, Rob, <laughs> telling you how handsome you are and how Casey, how charming she is on air? Brad you know the rule hate mail goes right to the front of the line around here you know how that you know how uh, we feed off negative energy around here okay so a lot of calls and we talked about this last night at the uh, hamilton county lincoln day dinner for the republicans 
that is what people want to talk about is property taxes. And that was the topic. And it is amazing to me how everybody wants to talk about this issue, how almost everybody's being hurt by this issue. And yet the Republicans are doing next to nothing. I mean, they could be heroes, Brad. That's what amazes me. Even if you don't actually care about the people, which they don't, wouldn't you want to be a hero? You would think. <laughs> so if you don't do anything to stop something, that means you condone the outcome. Absolutely. And the idea, and we've talked about this many, many times, that these guys who write the laws by which taxes are administered, collected, whatever, that their excuse now is, well, your assessor sets your assessed value. Well, your your town and city council set your tax rates. If you're upset about your taxes, call them as though you people didn't create the environment by which the assessor exists, as though you guys couldn't come out tomorrow and go, we're going to pass a law that freezes assessments or there's a million things they could do. And you have these people just they're like they're like John Belushi and Blues Brothers under the bridge with Carrie Fisher saying the 10 million reasons it isn't their fault when they could be the heroes. It's like Holcomb during COVID. The reason Ron DeSantis is 1A or 1B in the Republican nominee nation for president is he was a hero during COVID. He didn't do anything great. He just said, you will live your life and you will be allowed to live your life and we will not interfere in you doing the things that you are guaranteed to be able to do under the Constitution. It could have been Holcomb. And you know should've how much been, Holcomb wants to been. be in politics. It just amazes me how Republicans in this state are just unwilling to do the obvious thing that the people want them to do. So in line with that, we got a lot of calls about property taxes and one guy with some advice on what to do to maybe give yourself a puncher's chance if your assessment is uh, through the roof. I had an issue with my property tax. I love where you're going with this. And the number one thing that property owners can do is file an appeal and make an appointment with a follow-up of the appeal, with the assessor, with evidence of why their property tax shouldn't be so high. Go on beacon.com, find three properties similar to yours with lower property tax, take pictures of why you think your property tax shouldn't be so high, and don't tell them you just remodeled your house when you go to the appeal. All right, so he's right, you can't appeal. Here's the problem with the appeal, Brad. They can look at your property and go, you know, you're right. We under-assessed your property. Yes, that, that's the rub on it. When you appeal it, they can say, oh, look at all these things we missed. Yeah, and you better believe that if it comes to the government losing money, there is a good chance they're going to make sure that they didn't make any mistakes to lose the money. And this is the, I mean, the again, the system cannot be corrected as currently constructed because you are taxing people on things they don't monetize and on things that have nothing to do with them. There's nowhere else, Brad, where we tax you based on what the guy down the street from you did. If you earn $30,000 and the guy down the street from you earns $150,000, you don't pay more in taxes because he makes more than you. If the guy down the street from you sells a stock and makes a bunch of money and you don't do that, you don't get taxed. But when it comes to our property taxes, you're punished based on the guy down the street from you. And that is so beyond ridiculous. And Republicans just sit there at the state house and look at you. And it's like, like you have turds hanging out of your mouth when you go, that really seems unfair. Yeah, they, they do it because it is a stable form of taxation. You can't move dirt. Yeah. So uh, you can do that with the appeal. But good luck. And you might get some unintended consequences. All right. Uh, another person called about uh, 
about property taxes and about uh, assessed values. And I mean, this thing is just just an absolute mess the Republicans have created. Uh, my property from eighty thousand, I paid for it less than ten years ago, and it went up to two sixty five. So now I'm paying the taxes on that. Uh, when or if I ever do sell. Why should I have to pay capital gains tax? Because I'm already paying capital gains on what they think the assessed value is. That's ludicrous. Well, you guys are doing a great job. Keep up the good work. You know, I think the thing that sucks the most for me, Brad, is because we talk to so many people. People are hurting, man. Yeah. That, Big time. That, that caller, uh, I'm sure that he has figured this out in his head. You never truly own your property. Yeah. You are always renting it from the government, and they will jack your rent up. Yeah, and if you buy, and there's nothing wrong with this, but if you buy a home, generally, you are buying a home because it fits into an income level that you can afford. And part of that is is and you know this brad as you have bought many palatial estates over the years when you get a mortgage when you get a uh, or when you get a loan and you have a mortgage they walk you through before you sign the documents here's what your estimated payment's going to be and escrow is a part of that and you know the property tax the estimated property tax that is associated with and insurance that is associated with that that's part of your mortgage fee this dude probably bought a house for 80 grand based on his ability to pay on an 80 grand house and now through no fault of his own he's paying enhanced escrow and insurance because you got to be able to replace the thing and he's paying markedly more than he was paying when he bought an $80,000 home. You hit the double whammy on the head there. So it's not just your property tax that's going up. You're right. Your insurance has gone up even more than that just because cost of materials. Insurance companies have had the big losses in Florida and in the South. And yeah, so your property taxes have doubled and your insurance has doubled. So suddenly your escrow payment has doubled. And yes, this is forcing a lot of people to downsize or make some very hard decisions. And let's let's pretend for a moment that um, let's play a little game here, shall we, Brad? Let's pretend just let's just wipe off what should be done, which is you should not be taxed every year on something you don't monetize. So, let, I mean, I think Rainwater has an interesting idea that you pay it at the point of sale. Uh, you know, when you sell the home, then you pay the whatever. I mean, there's a variety of different options. But let's just pretend that we're still going to exist in a world where you are unfairly taxed for something you're not monetizing. Our state is sitting on about a $6 billion surplus right now. That's our money that we were overtaxed for, that even despite Republicans who are about to pass about a $43.5 billion record-busting budget, amazing for the party of low taxes and limited government, <laughs> they're still, they can't spend all the money. They've tried, trust me. And you're sitting on $6 billion in reserves, which you could easily come out and say, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C to freeze, you know, freeze assessments or whatever, and we, the state, will make up the difference so that you are not having to make terribly hard choices. We've already taken your money. Here's how we're going to give it back to you. And they won't hear of it down there. The Republicans who run this state will absolutely not hear of coming off the $6.5 billion in overtaxation they've already done to you. It's gross, Brad. Well, you know, it used to be that your, your house tax valuation was based on your purchase price. Yeah. And it didn't 
move until you sold the house. Yeah. And the legislature decided that that was a disincentive for people to buy new homes and build new homes and other people who had just bought a house in the same neighborhood. And they're like, well, I'm paying twice as much as my neighbor. We can't have this anymore. So there is no good way unless they're just not taxing property. Yeah, you got to get out. You got to get out of the game of punishing people for things they aren't monetizing. All right, uh, Kendall and Casey, Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. Uh, Hammer joins us coming up next. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Brad Kloppenstein's in for Casey. Hammer, hello. If you ever want to hear a fun version of this song, the old classic aha take on me, uh-huh. there was like a ska kind of rock band of the late 90s called Real Big Fish. And Kevin, when we close out this uh, break, if you could find the Real Big Fish version of Take On Me, it's kind of fun. They use it in the movie Basketball, made oh, by the South Park yeah, guys. yeah, right. Okay, so you and I have been out on this for a couple days now, and I guess we'll get to talk about it now. There was some sort of thread that you found on social media about who is the best cast characters of all time. Right, television characters. We're not talking about a full show. We're talking about an individual character. And the basis is you can't imagine somebody else playing that role or doing it any better. Yeah, and you and I went back and forth via text message on this, and there's so many good ones. There's no way you could do a Mount Rushmore because there's just there's too there's many. too many. There's too many. Now, I, I said my A-plus pole position person is uh, Carol O'Connor's Archie Bunker. That's real strong because, and again, the rules are it can't be somebody playing themselves right, either. Right. So this eliminates Jerry Seinfeld, eliminates Roseanne, people like that. Playing a character, because really, Carol O'Connor is like a mild-mannered, theatrical <laughs> like actor, but they put him in the role of this blue, you know, blue-collar, yeah. racist yeah. kind of old man. But he did it in a way to where at the end of the episode, you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, he's forcing hard conversations. That's a great choice. I came to the table with Don Knotts as Barney Fife. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's like I know, really and these one. are older ones, and I'm sure there's probably some new characters out there as well. But I just can't envision anybody else doing Barney Fife better than Don Knotts. Yeah, that's a really good I, one. I was thinking Kramer from Seinfeld. It would be hard. Yeah, to replace him, maybe Reverend Jim from Taxi, which is. <laughs> Going way back. See, I'm gonna go taxi. I'm gonna go Danny DeVito. Oh yeah, as the boss, right? <laughs> yep. Hey Nardo, like uh, Taxi was a great show. Um, you know, I think about the, so you think because we were talking about Cheers, and obviously George went as Norm is kind of the one that everybody remembers. But I maintain the Kelsey Grammer character was so strong. He went on to be one of the greatest characters of all time. On right. his own show. Yeah, effectively, that show lived on for almost 40 years. Yeah. I mean, you so see, he think, took that character and made a career out of the character. So, where is that in there? While he wasn't this kind of wild, wacky, eccentric character, that character was so strong. 
And obviously, he was the character that they, you know, made Frazier, which was every bit as good as Cheers. And I'm going to come at you with Cheers with John Ratzenberger as Cliff Clavin. Yeah. The uh, the wisecracking, smart mailman. Like, I just can't, in my mind, think, who are you going to put in that role and have him on Jeopardy? Who are people who have never been in my kitchen? (laughs) (laughs) But somebody had said, well, Tony Soprano. And to me, I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who could have played a angry, gruff-talking mafioso guy, and James Gandolfini kind of lucked into that. But I know there's people who think, oh my gosh, it was the greatest acting in the history of ever. Where are we at with John Ritter as Jack Tripper in Three's yeah, Company? That's a good one. Because, man, he was ahead of his time. Yeah. They were doing jokes in late 70s that today mm-hmm. you couldn't do. No. Like no, the double entendre jokes and the things like that. Like the physical comedy and the lines and yeah. the facial expressions. I, I always maintain John Ritter was Jim Carrey before Jim Carrey. That's such a great point. You know, I never really thought about that so get the youtube chat rolling get the uh kendall and casey social media rolling the best cast character of all time not not as a show just individually the best cast character because there are so many of them yeah and we can't forget uh, max wright as willie on alf what a <laughs> tremendous job max wright <laughs> That's one of those shows. And we've talked about this before. Like, I watched Alf as a kid, and I thought, oh, what a great show. And then you don't see it for a long yeah. time. Then I think WGN or somebody brought it back in syndication. <laughs> and I sat down and watched it as an adult. That thing sucks. What? Alf sucks. What? Horrible. You take that back. Horrible. What a terrible take. You were doing so well in this segment. There are some horrible shows that we watched in the early to mid-80s. Alf was one of them. And the whole concept of small wonder. Remember this? Where this genius guy that works for the government, he's got all the smarts in the world, and he's tasked with building a robot, but he goes out to his garage and he builds a preteen girl, and nobody knows what he's up to. I find that problematic. <laughs> I can't be the only one that thinks, what in the hell is the dad from Small Wonder up to? I can't believe you said that about Alf. That is still one of my all-time favorite TV shows. So bad. But Willie! Oh, <sighs> man. Like, there were a lot of bad shows. Um, Real Big Fish. Yes, there it is. Uh, what's coming up? And then we'll let him take this to break. Uh, we have Tudor Dixon on today talking a little Title IX and more fallout from the Louisville situation. I love this version. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.